Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, beat off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hello, everyone. It's Matt DeWolf, Editor-in-Chief of Car Wash Magazine and your host on today's Car Wash Magazine Live. And Mark Curtis, uh, Splash Car Washes in Connecticut. And uh, so Mark is, Mark is currently closed at his wash, and he wanted to find a way to still kind of engage with his customers. And so he, he's running this promotion where folks can submit their own user-generated commercials for his wash. And so that was one of one of the favorites that he was sharing with us today. Um, so just one idea that you might be able to leverage in your business uh, as you're kind of you know kicking the kicking the walls as you're stuck inside if you are still closed. Um, welcome to today's show. Again, this is a this is a platform where we are gathering every week, every Thursday, 11:30 a.m. Central Time on Facebook uh, to, to connect the car wash community, uh, both during COVID-19 times and beyond. So uh, this format will change over time, but for now we're gonna stay focused on things COVID-19 related. So a couple things I just wanna, I wanna make sure that you all um, have available for you. There are some great ICA resources out there. Um, we have uh, been talking about those for the last couple of weeks. We have uh, carwash.org slash sharing which is really all about um, resources for you to help navigate COVID-19. We're putting up resources that we find on this show, uh, so you can get those there as well. And then the other thing I wanted to make sure that you all were aware of, we talked about the industry pulse surveys that ICA is doing. So we'll, I'll show that link for you too here just a second. Uh, there you go. So there's the industry pulse. So if you want to know kind of what the sentiment is in the industry, uh, both from a supplier side or an operator side, the results are here at this link, uh, carwash.org slash industry hyphen pulse so you can see those and kind of get a get a feel for uh, what everybody's thinking now that data is you know a couple weeks old now uh, ICA may be doing another one of those coming up soon so just kind of be mindful that that's out there and, and be aware of it um, a really uh, good resource for you to be able to use so a couple other things you might want to be um, keeping in mind as we plow forward through all of this um, we've got a podcast uh, that we've been releasing as well. Uh, it's Car Wash the Podcast. You can find that on any of your um, any of your listening uh, locations that you prefer. And uh, you can find previous episodes of this show as a resource um, at carwashmagazine.com. So a lot of things I just spit at you, right? But there are lots of things that you can be doing to kind of um, educate yourself and keep yourself moving and, and stay connected to this Car Wash community because we do love this industry and we are all in this together. So my big highlight for the week, you guys. Okay, so here's the deal. Last time I was talking about the magazine and how I was going to get it. I got it the next day. So here it is. This is my, this is my child car wash magazine. Um, you all should be receiving it soon, I hope. Um, a lot of good stuff in here. We've got some stuff about mascots, um, power of predictive marketing, all kinds of great content in there. Uh, super excited for you guys to get it. Remember, the only way to get it, to make sure you get all four of them, that is, uh, each, each year, is to be a member of ICA. And uh, you can do that at carwash.org and uh, take care of that and make sure that you all are still um, connected to the association. So what else do we have going on today? Uh, you all are watching this and you're in the, um, in the community. So on, 
on Facebook, there is a whole chat session going on around uh, this video. So make sure you engage in, the, in, in that comment box. Um, and people are, are posting questions in there and we're talking and ICA is, is giving you some additional resources. So um, a lot of that kind of stuff. So that is what we have today for the housekeeping side of operations. Now, what's going on right now? Guys, things are weird. I mean, there's no way around it. It's it is a it is a weird time. It is a it is a different time, and um, we've all been kind of working our way through this as best we can. I think, you know, for me, it's like I've got I've got kids at home. My wife is here. I'm trying to make sure that we're doing uh, distance learning, um, which is not easy. You guys, I don't remember math. It's not, and it's different. It's way different. So. There's a lot of stressors going on, and I thought that it would be really good um, for us on this show to spend a little time talking about the mental side of it and how do we connect with each other and how do we make it through this uh, this whole thing. And, you know, honestly, there's a lot in here this week that's going to be beneficial for going forward. So, um, you know, you guys let me down a little bit. I, I, a couple weeks ago, gave you guys a, a car wash dad joke, and you were supposed to send me some, and you didn't. So you get another one from me. So that's what you get, because this is how I stay sane and how I stay well. I uh, come up with car wash dad jokes. So, all right, today's joke is, what is a hydrominder's favorite kind of party? A mixer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, they're so, they're so bad that they're good. I just can't, I'm sorry. <laughs> so on that bright and shiny note send me your dad jokes um we're gonna bring in the rest of the rest <laughs> the rest of our our folks on the show today jimmy branch and sarah ross uh let's get them unmuted and into the conversation here so you guys don't have to hear any more of those jokes so we'll, <laughs> we'll get them up there hey there they are guys thanks for joining us today how are you great Morning. thanks for having us um, so I thought where we'd start is let's do a little bit of an introduction so that our uh, viewers know who we're who we're talking to. So, um, Sarah, do you want to go ahead and start? Sure. Uh, my name is Sarah Ross, and I study leadership, the science of leadership. And I have a company called Brain Amped, and I spend most of my time looking at how to help leaders be most effective, even in some of their difficult moments, and doing that in a way that doesn't drain them, but actually still allows them to do the work that they need to do and do it in a way that they don't have to trade in life at the exact same time. So things right now have been very interesting working with people in this type of environment where everybody is working like this pretty much. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> we were, we were talking right before this in our, in our green room, right? Which the green room is just the Zoom meeting. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about how we should have had we should have had stock and Zoom if we if we only, if our future selves could only tell us. Darn it! Yeah, uh, it's like it's it's like a bad scene out of uh, Back to the Future. Um, Jimmy Branch, my friend, can you please enlighten us as to as to who you are and and what you're doing today? Sure, Matt. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I've lived in Panama City, Florida, north, which is the northern Gulf Coast uh, of Florida. <laughs> For 67 years and uh, started working in my father's 1954 conveyor through high school college and the 10 years that I taught public school and then went full-time in the car wash industry so I've had 52 years in this industry 
I was fortunate to be uh, three years on the Southeastern board and seven years on the ICA board, quite an honor. So I write, currently I have two expresses. Matt. And you're and you're working on a third, is that right? Yes, sir. Sure are. Because you because you got to be. Why not? Isn't everybody? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Always working on another one. Uh, perfect. Well, that's uh, that's who we've got with us today. Um, let's. Um, I, I thought there were th maybe three main areas I wanted to hit on today. One is leadership in crisis. Uh, w um, two is emotional decision making, and the third is really um, maybe some things that we can do to look inside ourselves and stay sane right now um, in seemingly insane times. Right. So. Um, we'll kind of work through this conversation and, and uh, let's kind of start at the top, so to speak. I mean, right now, um, a lot of us are leaders in our businesses and we're trying to navigate this. Um, it's hard, right? I mean, how do how do we do it? Sarah, you, will you will you maybe tee us off a little bit with um, what you're seeing from a leadership perspective yeah. and, and what that all means? So I think one of the most interesting things to look at, and this is good news and bad news, it's it's one of those situations where it's never been more important to have leadership. And the other side of that is it's never been harder to be a good leader, right? Like, so there's, even when I was introducing myself, I say I study leadership, a huge component of what my research is on is studying emotional intelligence. And I think just the fact of this idea of emotional intelligence, using our emotions as information is why right now is so critical because I think what, what many leaders have found is that they've been really successful on many of those technical skills and, and like the problem solving skills and that's, that's worked really well. And the emotional intelligence skills and dealing with people has always been important. But I think the flip has occurred where it's a non-negotiable right now to talk about emotional intelligence. Like even in the, even as people are talking about it, they used to always talk about the people skills as the soft skills. I, I don't think anyone coming out of this will say that these are the, the negotiable soft skills. Like they're just absolute, they're the difference uh, that's getting people through this. And from a leadership perspective, that means that we have to be paying attention to, to self-awareness and managing that stress and things like listening skills and empathy skills are so hugely critical. And this is coming through in the way people are communicating. And I, and I would say one of the harder things for leadership in this moment is naturally everyone is struggling to a degree. I mean, there is just, it, it, it's hitting all different parts of our lives. The challenge is that sometimes leaders are forgetting that pe their people are taking their cues from them. They're forgetting that people are watching everything that they say and trying to decipher what that means. And that, that additional layer of stress, that's not just like stress about the business, but stress of knowing that people are watching you so intently, I think that becomes really, really critical. And, and leaders need to be stepping back and recognizing emotions are so contagious. They're so contagious. Bad news is negative emotions are incredibly contagious. Good news is positive emotions are also. And so building awareness around that becomes really, really critical. Well, and yeah. I see Jimmy shaking his head there as we were talking. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, fortunately, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, Jimmy's been down this road before. Yeah. So um, Jimmy, if you would, you want to just share a little bit about your experiences with um, Hurricane Michael? 
Uh, sure, sure. Just you want me to describe it a little bit? Yeah, get, like give us a little bit of what that was like and and what you were doing uh, during that time. I, I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> uh, well, we're we're in a county that's fifty miles wide on the coast, northern coast, hundred eighty thousand year round population, and that storm. I, I mean, I've lived through dozens of cat ones and tropical storms, and even had a direct hit from a tornado in 05, but nothing like this. Uh, this hit us October 10th of, of 18, brought in sustained winds of 150 miles per hour over about 30 miles of our 50 miles. And uh, those, those sustained winds lasted for about three hours. So over our county, 90% of the structures, and when I say structures, that's uh, everything from a single family home to a high rise condo to every commercial building material you can think of. And 90% of them were damaged. 50% uh, of our structures were uninhabitable. And 25% of our structures were uh, totally destroyed. And it was like an F3 tornado that was 30 miles wide. And when I say structures, that includes police stations, fire stations, both our hospitals were closed, every nursing home. Uh, our low-income housing projects were destroyed and still not back. So anyway, it was chaos. Pure chaos, no utilities, no uh, Verizon's main tower went down and they were servicing 80% of our cell phones in our county. So we had no cell service on top of all the chaos. So I'll leave it at that for a description. Well, so help me help. And that's crazy. <laughs> that, yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's a, that's a, a magnitude of, disaster that you know until today we would have thought that nothing's like that nothing's gonna be like that yeah apocalyptic right so for you then as you as you were living in that what what were you doing like i mean what did you do because obviously like sarah was mentioning people were looking to you for some level of leadership and it wasn't just it wasn't just your family and it wasn't just your employees it was more than that right uh yeah it was a heavy load I woke up about four weeks later. I didn't realize how, how much stress I was under. Yeah. But I woke up four weeks later, and I felt like I'd, I had weight lifted uh, from me. I'm surprised I didn't have a heart attack. But And, you know, the stress levels in this kind of calamity we're in now and what we went through back then, uh, heart attacks rise, uh, suicides rise, uh, drug abuse, child abuse, child neglect, all those issues. You can see it on the news now. They're worried about it all over the country now. But I saw it personally. Uh, I had two staff members, or we're trying to get roofs on houses and gasoline for generators and every little item you can think of. Uh, I had two of my employees go out on binges, which complicated things. We were sheltering offsite at a friend's house one night, and, and a crying neighbor walked up to the door at 9 o'clock and said uh, uh, another neighbor had shot his wife and himself. And come to find out it was my accountant. So it just stress through the roof and stress brings every emotion good and bad from here to here and uh just makes it very difficult and uh, so how i mean how do you how do you w watch for that i mean how do you what do we need to be doing right now to okay. prevent that kind of stuff well thanks for the softball question yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, the, well, let, let me make so solve all problems now, oh, Jimmy. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I got my pen in hand. Dear, dear, uh, dear Jimmy, fix it. Yeah. Let me give just four tips, okay? Right. Four all suggestions. Right. 
Number one, uh, you know, leaders are type A personalities. And as a type A personality, we think we're in control of everything and we think we know everything. So right off the bat, I would say don't resist asking for help, both financially and uh, just advice. And, uh, you know, catastrophes happen in our lives for a reason. And uh, it's either to humble us or to make us harder. Two quick examples. Uh, Pharaoh Ramses, the Pharaoh of Egypt, every time he had a plague, he got harder and harder. And how did that end? Not very well. But in contrast to Pharaoh Ramses, there was uh, probably the most historical, verifiable figure in biblical times was Saul of Tarsus. And, uh, you know, on the road to Damascus, he had a traumatic event that put him on his ass for seven years. But he emerged out of that incubation period as Paul, uh, the apostolic preacher. And he ended up writing most of what we have for the New Testament, we call the New Testament today. So he changed the world out of that. So, you know, you can face calamity either by getting harder or getting more humble. And so my first tip is don't resist asking for help. Uh, secondly, how did, your emotions that uh, Sarah was just talking about. you got to keep your emotions out of the trenches because if you're angry and frustrated and negative constantly, it's going to be, like Sarah said, an, an infectious. And uh, during these kind of times, people desperately need and are thirsty for hope and normalcy. So to be an effective leader, be, do your best, your, your level best at being positive and, and inspiring hope in people. Uh, and a third tip along those lines, how do you keep the frustrations? And I'm not the best at it. God, ask my wife and family. Uh, we had some blow-ups during that time period. It wasn't, wasn't pretty. But uh, how do you keep your frustrations lower? Because you're going to be setting priorities. If you, you know, you already are. What's important to get done right now today? And how do you control your frustrations? And that's one little tip is to have, because you know plan A is not going to always work. You need to have a plan B, a plan C. Be ready for plan A not to work. For plan D. Not get, <laughs> not get frustrated by uh, those continued catastrophes. And also this is a changing, my gosh, this, this virus thing is changing every day. Be flexible. Flexibility and, ad and being able to adapt makes you less frustrated. And the fourth thing, I know how to get rid of stress. I know the perfect solution. Now, you've heard of PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome. Well, have you noticed in humanity that uh, human beings, after they've gone through a trauma, whether it be a traumatic crime, uh, a loved one lost, a, a medical situation, they often emerge out of that post-trauma uh, as advocates for others that are struggling to relieve their stress. And I know why. Because giving relieves stress within you and within others. There's nothing better than to give in stressful situations. So I would encourage people to also take it a step further and give. Give to your staff. Make sure they know you want them safe. Make sure you want them financially okay. Give to your customers and give to your community. Jimmy, uh, what are some ways? So, what are some ways that we um, should be doing that? So, so, I mean, obviously, there's um, taking care of your employees in terms of making sure that they continue to get a paycheck. 
Uh, but what else? What else do we need to be doing when it comes to our employees? Uh, well, make sure they're safe, making sure they've got income. Uh, be, be watchful for uh, stress and health issues. I'm, I'm monitoring my staff every day and calling the sites and making sure they're all feeling well. If they're not, we're sending them right home. Um, the, um, the customers, well, I, uh, through this situation right off the bat, let's, let's talk about now. We, uh, we gave our staff, uh, confidence that whether we got shut down or not, we're going to pay them. Yep. And since the PP fund that, that changed when the PPP funds came through, then we, uh, offered them a bonus, uh, kind of like a hazard pay bonus for working through this situation. Uh, our, our loyal past customers, uh, last month we gave them a half a month free to make up for closing our vacuum systems. And, uh, and now currently, we're like many operators, we're giving away free washes to our uh, first responders and healthcare workers. So we're doing that for the community and we're gonna continue to do that every day for I don't know how long, at least, at least the rest of the month, maybe more. Yeah, you know that coming back to your uh, your idea of this giving back, right? We're we're seeing that a little bit right now, and in, in in the car wash community, uh, in terms of you know last week, I think it was last week. There, we don't even know what day it is, right? Let's be honest. <laughs> but <laughs> last week or, or the week before, we had um, we had um, Nick Lopez from Bubble Bath Car Wash down in San Antonio talking about what they're doing and how their community is coming together around car washes to kind of give back. And, and the week before that we had Andrew Zamora coincidentally also from Texas, but talking about how he was uh, giving back to his community through a gift card program and helping support the, um, the businesses there through the, through their closures as well. So you're starting to see that. And uh, I I hope that we can get a lot more of that. Um, Sarah, (laughs) Jimmy gave us a few tips. Is that, yeah. I mean, are we wired that way? Can we do that? So we are, we are wired to be resilient. Like we, we don't, we don't always appreciate it, but we really are. It's, but there's a couple of things that I, I love. I, I'm going to just build off of exactly what Jimmy said. Cause I think it was my favorite part. And, and, and he shared with this with me earlier and, and I've got it written down as my new my new Jimmy question is, is just like that idea of how can we give and, and we relieve stress from giving. So I, the way you said something else, Jimmy, that I thought was really, really critical. You said that like, uh, after, after Michael, you woke up like weeks later and didn't realize you were like how tired you were. So I do keep challenging leaders to say a emotion. There's every emotion is okay not all of our reactions to those are helpful. So if, if you have a bad day and you, and you feel sad, it's a, like acknowledge that, but to st- it's when people get stuck in that, that that becomes troublesome. So I keep suggesting to people to, to slow down, like even just throughout the day, take a couple of moments to just slow down for a moment, breathe. And I know everyone says breathe, but the scientist in me has to speak up and say, it's not just one of those things that people have always said. When we are under in, intense amounts of pressure and stress and uncertainty, a stress com- chemical called cortisol like actually elevates in our system. It, it's natural. It just wasn't meant to be there all the time. But when we're in situations like this, it's in our system. 
So we have to actually manage it. And one of the best ways to actually get rid of the excess amount of cortisol is to increase the amount of oxygen in our system. Because when we're stressed and we're doing things, and especially when we're so worried about taking care of other people, we're breathing fast, we're breathing shallow, and we're holding all that weight on our shoulders. So to even just, even if you just have to set a reminder on your phone, just take a couple of moments, slow down, breathe, and then, and, and Jimmy already cued us up there and like ask questions. So for me, I say immediately as a leader, I challenge people to pay attention to what emotions are you spreading right now? Like, because when emotions kick in, it, we have a tendency to want to react really fast. To, to, and that may be with the best of intentions. Like, I want to fix this situation. Or some people get overwhelmed and kind of shut down and don't want to deal with it. So there is power in slowing down, checking in, taking a breath. And, and as a leader, people are watching you. So when you enter a situation, are you adding calm to that situation and hope, as Jimmy said? Um, or are you adding kind of chaos and, and a sense of, you know, frantic energy, like managing that energy is a part of helping manage emotions. So just, just to pay attention from a self-awareness perspective, what emotions am I, am I bringing into this situation for people? Because this is the hard part of leadership. You know, the, um, before we get too far down this path, I wanted to, um, I was reading a book recently, uh, Stillness is the Key. And so oh, you're, what you were talking about just made me think, if, yep. you, if you all watching um, want to read a little bit about how to slow things down and how to really kind of make yourself feel a better sense of calm during all this kind of stuff, Stillness is the Key uh, by Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday. Yeah, yeah. So it's one I, of the books I wish I wrote, just yeah, for totally, the record. Totally. It's beautiful. Um, so yeah, that's a good, that's a good resource. If you just yeah. want to like read more about kind of what Sarah was talking about in terms of like calming yourself and slowing things down, because that's really important. Um, so I want to get more to the, I want to get more into the, um, emotional decision-making yeah. and, and, and what happens there. So what, do, what do we need to be watching out for? Like you were talking, we, we've been going, going, going so far with all of this, just trying to keep our business open, trying to think about how we're going to take care of everything. Um, and you know, everybody's everybody's stress levels are high. What is that doing to the way we make decisions? Jimmy, do you want to start here just from a perspective of what you've, like what you see, what you've seen previously? Uh, well, it's, I would say first, don't think, don't take things personal. Oh, great point. Uh, which is very difficult. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Especially for some so of us personalities. It's, yeah. It's, you want to take things personal. And a lot of understanding, forgiveness, and grace goes a long ways. And uh, people need charity now. They need understanding. And we'll get through this. We'll get through it. I love, I love that. Which is, I mean, it also goes, so I, think, I think one of the things in the car wash industry we need to be really mindful of in this space is that we need to extend that grace to ourselves and to our team and to our families, but we also need to be really mindful of extending that grace to the customer. And we all know that there are some nasty experiences sometimes, and we need to really be careful with that and be mindful of giving people grace uh, that maybe you know maybe you might not have. Matt, could I share one more, one more story from Michael? You bet. You bet. You bet. Okay, so uh, we got uh, our locations are 13 miles apart, so one didn't get much damage. We only lost the roof, roof over the tunnel. We were prepared within three days to open it up when we got power. When I opened it up, nobody came in. <laughs> oh, my God. 
So plan B, we started giving away car washes. We put all our female staff out there because my men were putting on a new layered roof on the, at the other site, and we did it without a permit. So uh, we, as they were giving away car washes for two weeks there, they got hugs and kisses and tears and $100 a day, each person uh, in tips. But it just it just brightened them, my staff, right up. The community, I'm still I still hear from the community about what we did. So two weeks later, when the uh, we had seven thousand linemen here within three days to restore our power grid, they put up over seventy five hundred power poles, six thousand transformers, and two of them didn't go home because they got run over. But they were our heroes, and there's heroes in every disaster. Uh, but when we got power at the other site two weeks later, we had patched it up and opened it up. We gave away car washes there for a full month. We were one of the first businesses to open back up. And that site is near Tyndall Air Force Base, which normally uh, there's 18,000 people there that work there. It's the F-20, it was the F-22 uh, Raptor training, pilot training site. And uh, so that side of town was completely destroyed. We were one of the first businesses to open up. And uh, I'm on site one day, and this gentleman my age stops me and says, um, I need to tell you a story. Uh, after, the, after the hurricane, I came in to your wash multiple times. And every time, well, first he said, I was the base commander, I think it was a colonel, of the flight line. And then he gave me the rest of his pedigree. And by the time he finished, I realized, you didn't spit on this man's sidewalk without him knowing about it. And uh, so he said, I, every time I came into your wash, I cried because you gave me hope and a bit of normalcy that I didn't get anywhere else. And so that just changed me. I mean, I just I realized that sometimes even a car wash is a lot more than a car wash. Oh, I think that's beautifully said. And that, if Matt, I can jump in for a quick moment. Um, when I hear that story, it's that, and it's almost cliches, but I think that you just illustrated that so beautifully. We can look at any situation as a crisis imposed on us. And, and none of us chose this, that situation, that wasn't a chosen situation. But you can see it as a crisis or or you can kind of challenge yourself to see it as an opportunity to give that hope, to create a sense of normalcy, to give back to people who help to get a community back up and running again. And I think that that is such an, it's such an underestimated um, set of emotions and perspectives, and it fundamentally impacts how you make decisions. Because when people are in crisis mode, our brain's designed to focus inwards, like to focus on us and protect and scarcity. And it's, it's the natural way we are designed. It's great to keep us safe in, in like a survival situation, but our stress neuro, it changes the neurochemistry of our brain. And, and when we are not realizing it, what ends up happening is our, our brain can start to disconnect from the big picture and the future consequences. We get really focused on the moment and everything that's how everything feels urgent and awful. And we, and we think about all the worst case scenarios. The problem is then the decisions that we make. And I know, um, I catch myself doing this. So I'm sure each of you have heard this also, you know, when people are in that kind of crisis mindset, 
because A, they magnify everything that's bad, but they like minimize anything that might be good. It's, it's like one of the first things you pick up on. And the second one is you'll start to hear people talking in, I, I say binary terms, but it's like all or nothing good or bad. Like there's, there's no possibilities in between, but then to Jimmy's story, it's, it's, you know, the smallest actions are better than the grandest of intentions. And sometimes what might feel like such a small thing to us may have such an outsized impact on the people around us. So truly what the science says is that we're in, when we're in that frame of mind of, of opportunity, of hope, of giving, not like, don't ignore the hard stuff, but choosing to focus on those pieces, we actually see more possibilities. We're in a more giving mindset. And then when we, our brain loves momentum. So once we start to get some of that forward momentum, other ideas start to come, other generosities are offered. And, And so I think that becomes so huge. So it's even for leaders, you know, it's, also that idea of like, what type of future are you creating? What mindset are you, are you helping people to, to see so that they can be taking these actions? Cause I, I, that, that is probably the biggest challenge with decision-making is when we're in crisis, we're thinking about right now. In fact, it's frustrating and hard, but as, as anxiety goes up, our tendency to empathize has the risk of going down unless we catch it and flip it, which is everything, Jimmy, that you've just been describing happening. So um, you may, you're, my, all, any of my points are, are just <laughs> illustrated much better in the stories that you're saying. I just can't help but say like, that's the science behind it. And that's the beauty. Your story is, is the beauty proof of it actually in play. You know, Sarah, you and I could talk all day. I know. <laughs> I agree with you. One more. Th- I tell you, three days after the storm, I was ca- uh, on my three-hour trips out of town to get out of the county to get supplies. I got in touch with my best friend in the industry, just letting her know, okay, we were doing okay. And um, he said to me something very wise. He said, this is Benny Alford from Louisiana, who's had his share of disasters. Mm-hmm. He said, Jimmy, your community will never be the same again. They'll be better. Yeah. And I will tell you what I learned through all the apocalyptic times that we went through. Uh, the preppers, the survivalist preppers, and all these apocalyptic movies have it wrong. Uh, it's not going to be every man for himself when the apocalypse yeah. comes. It's going to be every man helping each other. Yeah, so I've got hope now in humanity yeah. for the rest of my life that we're going to survive anything. Yeah. And, gets, and as you said, get stronger through it. Exactly. Well, goodness, Jimmy. <clears throat> got me a little... Got me a little emotional on that one, my friend. Uh, yeah, goodness. Um, so looking forward, okay, let's just wrap up real quick here with a couple of things that maybe um, maybe people can be doing to stay sane. We talked about stillness. We talked about calm. Um, what are some What are some things that we we can do to kind of weather the storm, so to speak? Jimmy, do you want to start? I can share uh, something. I would say my tip, communication. Increase your level of communication with your staff and uh, as much as possible with your customers so they know what's going on. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a bit of a, of a leap a different way because just so you know, I so agree with that. And, and again, it's that piece of, I think, Jimmy, you said it earlier. I wanted to piggyback on something you said. You said it's don't take things personally. 
Um, because especially in situations like this, so many people are just trying to get through that they're, that they're so focused on themselves and how emotions get expressed are, are not always in, in the best way. So we've kind of been hearing that and it's like how to be compassionate and, and recognize that, that our intentions and our impact are not always the same thing. But I, I want to say the opposite way, because I started the very, uh, the first thing I said is leadership, it's never been harder to be a leader. There is an additional layer of, of pressure of taking care of people. And I, I would say the other side of that is, and you kind of said it, Matt, grant yourself grace. Like nobody's doing this perfectly. Maybe not every decision is going to be the best decision. Trust yourself that you are making the best decision you can with the resources that you have available to you right now. And that accepting that is, is so incredibly important. Tap into those previous experiences. Like, like Jimmy, you, you probably, the way you were weathering this storm, what you've gone through is allowing you to, to share with people and lift people up now. And, and maybe the first time you were experiencing something, it was somebody else who'd experienced something that helped lift you up. So there's that pay it forward, but that comes out of wisdom. So tap into that wisdom. And I would just say, like, grant yourself grace and be compassionate uh, to yourself as well. And then hold yourself as accountable as a leader, but that balance of grace and accountability, I think is an important one. Leaders have to take care of themselves because they're so important throughout this. So even the small things of you need to go to sleep, you know, you need to get sleep, you need to take a moment to breathe, you need to watch what you're eating, you it's okay to disconnect for that short amount of time to to refuel here because it's such an exaggerated amount of energy that, that's going out. So I just say don't forget about the leader within when you're so focused on being the leader for others. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Guys, I just want to say thank you so much um, for spending some time with me today. You, you guys have been so helpful. I think I think this is a really impactful um, message and a, and a good time for people to be kind of tuning into this. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, I'm you. going to, uh, on that note, just do a couple more housekeeping things for folks watching uh, on Facebook. So um, again, we're here every Thursday, 1130 a.m. Central Time. Um, I, I hope that this was of, of value to you. We're going to have some more resources like this coming to you. Uh, we'll see what we can't do about putting up some more uh, information on the carwash.org slash sharing page for you. Uh, maybe some tips around how to do some of these things. And we'll put the link maybe to that, to the book that I mentioned and to any resources that Sarah might have. Um, but I do want to say, make sure that you are, um, taking care of yourselves out there. Uh, it's so important right now. Um, I believe very strongly that uh, the power of coming together that Jimmy was talking about, um, it, we're going to see that everywhere in the car wash industry. I think we have a really great opportunity in front of us to be able to make an impact in our communities and to show people uh, how you come out the other side uh, so of something like this um, better, uh, happy, and whole. So thank you all for joining us. I'm going to leave you guys with a little bit of a teaser to a program um, that we do at Car Wash Magazine. Uh, we call it Clean Streak. Uh, we do, um, back when it was normal, we visit some car washes and we, we, we pull together stories around that. 
Um, so I'll, I'll leave you guys with a little bit of a, a snippet of what that looks like. Um, and you can see the full stories at carwashmagazine.com. Uh, as always, you know what I'm about to say. Keep it clean out there. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.